Good morning, Will, and welcome to the Local Paleo Show. Oh, good morning to you, and thanks for having me. Absolutely. It's our pleasure. Good morning, Mark. How's everything in Spain? It's wonderful, thank you. Can't complain at all. And the sun is no. shining, so that's even better. So no rain in Spain? Uh, not on the plane, no. No, not on the plane, okay. On the coach or the boat, but not on the plane. Okay, all right. <laughs> all right, so we'll, uh, our common friend, Nora, I always have a hard time pronouncing, get goddess. Yeah. I hope she won't slap me around next time I see her. Uh, <laughs> Hopefully not. Uh, I went to visit her last uh, last summer in in Portland. It was a nice visit. She oh, yeah. told she told us about you, and here you are, and you you know, of course, your wonderful products. Thank you for coming on our show. You're welcome. And uh, you are a board certified doctor of chiropractic in Wisconsin, in California. You also own walkabout health products which is mostly about emu oil now let's talk about your background uh, can you give us a little uh, rundown of what has been your background until now sure i am uh, born and raised in central wisconsin grew up on a dairy farm um, when i was a kid at a, at a young age we sold our cows and i um I hung out there for a while, but when I was 12, I moved to another farm and I was a herdsman. So I milked other people's cows, but um, I stayed on that farm and I worked there for about six or seven years till I went on to college. I went to University of Wisconsin in La Crosse, um, did my pre-chiropractic, pre-medicine, basically education there. And then I um, matriculated to St. Louis to Logan University. And it was called Logan Chiropractic College. Now it's actually a university where they have multiple degrees that they offer. Um, and my son is currently a... Uh, trimester three there's 10 semesters a five-year program he's there uh in his second year basically of five um and following in the tradition of being a chiropractor um i always wanted to be a chiropractor I, the question was is that i have did i have what it took and that kind of stuff and i um i really wanted to farm when i was 18 but i chose college and it and it, it worked out for me i guess you could say mm, how did you go from being a farmer to um wanting to be a chiropractor what prompted that I had a I had a motor vehicle accident when I was 12 where I um, ran into a, a country road bridge and I um, I broke the windshield with my head at that time and I had neck problems and I actually started to see a chiropractor when I was 16 for um, strep throat and tonsillitis and, and torticollis basically and when I got results I knew right away that that's something that I was interested in doing because it was drugless and it was um, it was holistic and it was um, it was different than antibiotics, I guess you could say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, uh, and I was really, well, I was really excited. I was really excited about a natural cure. Very well, very well. So, how did you become interested in emu oil? Um, I uh, when I moved from California to Wisconsin, I started another business, and I kind of took some. I didn't. I didn't stop seeing patients necessarily, but I took some time off from maintaining my license, and then I reactivated it. And I was working in a, a friend of mine's chiropractic office, and I met a girl from Australia, and um, she talked about emu oil a lot. I brought the idea home to my wife. I didn't think about it much, spend much time on it, but Liz really dug in, and she found uh, two guys in Australia that had, at that time, a um, couple farms, and uh, she really liked what they had. We didn't know what it was until we got it here and started implementing it in our lives, basically, and then I reactivated my license and started to um, 
started to use it on people. And in a very short period of time, I knew that it, it, uh, it was something that I had to go further with because it got just amazing results for just about anything and everything that people had. And I, I wanted to figure it out and we we're still in the process of figuring out and uh, they've been in business for 36 years. We've been doing it for about 11 now. Mm-hmm. So um, it, it, it is still in my, uh, they didn't know that it had vitamin K2, MK4 in it when we started with them and we through Sally Fallon and Weston A. Price, we um, figured out some of that and that was big news. And um, it's just one of the many ingredients, but it's one of the ones that activates proteins that, do a lot of stuff in the brain and does a lot of stuff in the body, moving calcium around and, and um, making bones denser and, and taking care of um, dental problems and helping the heart by taking uh, calcium out of the heart. And so when this all started to happen, I, I couldn't believe some of the stuff that was happening with my patient's lab work um, with their bodies basically. And then I started to go off the um, reservation and I started taking high school kids and putting their foots in uh, Ziploc bags and filling it with emu oil for like an ankle sprain or a stress fracture. And instead of, um, instead of them sitting out six to eight weeks, it took two weeks basically. And kids that got an ankle sprain on Thursday night played basketball Friday night. And I started doing stuff like that. And um, I, uh, I've done all kinds of crazy stuff with it, but I really wanted to, um, you know, we, and we hired a researcher and we've got the research now and we kind of have a much better grasp of, what we're doing and what we're about and how the uh, email actually does some of the things that it does. Right. So um, can you tell us what makes emu oil special and different than other oils? Well, there's, you know, there's a pretty big emu oil business in America, the American emu association and stuff. And we, um, Liz and I have had a couple of their, um, two of the large ones here. We've had it tested for vitamin K2, MK4, which is, what occurs in grass-fed ruminants primarily? Um, it can be in the cheese. Um, I've got a list here someplace. Actually, I don't have to see it in front of me. But um, you know, of all the different foods that it is in, goose liver and you know, uh, chicken and eggs. And but um, when we tested their email, when we found out it didn't have vitamin K2, MK4, we we were immediately, you know, um, were a little bit shocked. But it's a certain uh, genotype of bird that our oil comes from. They're fed with their traditional diet. And they're, they're being fed what they're supposed to eat, basically, and then how the fat is rendered. When you molecularly distill a fat or an oil, mm-hmm. refine it, if you will, when you refine it, it, it heat will destroy some of the good um, long chain and short chain, probably more of the short chain than the long, but um, it'll destroy those things, and it'll destroy the um, chemical makeup of it, basically. And our guys do a proprietary process uh, when they um, – when they render the fat, they got together with an Aboriginal elder and they, they do as close to that process that they did thousands and thousands of years ago where they do not destroy the goodness of the oil when it's processed. So between the breeding, the feeding, and the rendering, this oil is different. It comes from three or four farms in Australia. Um, there used to be 2,200 farms and there are now about 20 farms in Australia. These three went in the direction of um, genetics, if you will, and trying to make the oil better and, and make a kind of an organic bird and not feed them stuff that they weren't supposed to eat and that type of thing. And then um, the way they render the fat is also very important, but their fat when it comes off of the bird is better than their neighbor's fat because they have got the genetics and they've got the feed figured out basically. And it's kind of like um, Pottinger's cats. I mean, it's a little bit like, you know, um, if you start feeding animals bad stuff, it takes two or three generations and, and you don't have much um, and that, and the, the genotype of the bird in the United States is completely different than the genotype of the bird that we're getting our oil from. So 
there's a lot of um, moving parts, but that's kind of explained on our website. So we feel pretty comfortable and confident about um, some of the information that we have. And the guys that produce this oil have had have done spent millions of dollars in studies and haven't released them because anybody that has an emu oil is or has an emu is going to say that our fat does this and um, not all fats are equal basically. And mm. our fat, our fat is um, something that these guys have been working at for 36 years. The one guy's in his sixties, the other guy's in their in his seventies. They've been at it a long time and I think they've, they've figured it out actually. And, mm. and I know that they have because of the results that we're getting with their product basically. So um, going back to that important vitamin K2 MK4, what is so special about it and uh, what are the benefits, its benefits? Well, it's highly anti-inflammatory. Um, in Australia, through the TGA, they have done enough research, the, the guys that produce it have done enough studies to say that it can uh, prevent cancer. And it, uh, oh, I'm sorry about that. That was a slip. That it can prevent arthritis and it can reverse arthritis. And they can also say that it lowers cholesterol. I don't know how the word cancer got into my, got into my, jumped into my mind there. But with, with that being said, when people take our product here in the United States, they get tremendous results. Anybody that has arthritis gets tremendous results. And, and everybody that has high cholesterol, it lowers their cholesterol. It's because it's an energy molecule. It, it steps kind of and jumps in front of um, cholesterol. And, and that's why cholesterol will lower, lower down a little bit. Um, Dr. Cohen, if you know who he is out in San Francisco, he and I had a discussion and, and that's where I kind of started to unravel that and figure that out a little bit, why it was lowering people's cholesterol. But we, um, we know that um, it's highly anti-inflammatory and it fixes, there's a study, an Australian study, where they do chemotherapy and radiation on rats and destroy their gut. And when they gave them our email from our farms, it restored the villi and deepened the crypts. That basically means that their guts were kind of like this, basically. They, they destroyed them. They gave them the emu oil, and then it brought the growth back and br brought the um, fauna and flora, if you will, back to the gut and made it a working gut again. Um, so we've got studies that say that it's effective on the gut, and we've got studies that, it's, um, that vitamin K2 MK4 is um, neuroprotective and, and helps with remyelination and does fantastic things in the brain. And that's kind of the research that we just completed. We did some um, research on the vitamin K dependent proteins that it activates and went, um, and it's, we did it for autism basically. And we got some, we did some studies for, um, uh, we did some re research to prove that we could um, be effective in treating, uh, helping people with MS and that kind of stuff. So um, long story short, we are still learning and still discovering things that it does basically. And people have tried to take vitamin K2, MK4 and produce it in a lab, if you will, synthetically. And it doesn't do the same thing that our emu oil does because it lacks a, a thousand things that emu oil has. Emu oil is produced by a 100 to 200 million year old bird. It's been around for, um, the aboriginals have been using this for 80 plus million. If you, um, um, under, the, the aboriginals are one of the first oldest living cultures, according to Smithsonian. Institute. So um, it's been around a very long time. And these guys have kind of brought back a sacred ancestral medicine, if you will, it's kind of known as the world's oldest medicine. Um, and their research and our research has some of it that they haven't released is, is um, astounding. Basically, it involves telomere, telomeres and DNA and stuff like that. But um, just the arthritis and the cholesterol thing alone that they can say that in Australia is a really a big step because it hasn't always been that way. And it was their oil that, that those studies were done with. Um, 
and they probably have more time and energy and money invested in email than anybody else in the world. Those, those guys that we're um, working with. Right. Right. So, um, I, uh, I take Creole oil from Norway, which is a very pure form of Creole oil. Also, mm -hmm. uh, very, um, very original in the sense that they, they use all the techniques to, to extract it. Uh, would you say that? Go ahead. Sorry about that. Go ahead. Would you say that emu oil is better, comparable, or I mean, you? How? Oh, uh, that's a good question. Compare? How would it compare okay. to creole, creole oil? Well, creole oil is a uh, has got the DHEA and the DA and um, and it's it's um it. It's again, it's processed, it's, it's extracted and processed just like our, our oil is and stuff. But the difference between um, krill oil and, and emu oil is that the male bird um, sits on the eggs for 54 days and has, has, that's where the oil comes from or the fat that turns, that turns into this emu oil. It's on the back of both the male and the female. The male lives on this fat for 54 days, does not eat or drink, does urine, doesn't urinate or defecate, doesn't take in any nutrition at all. It lives on this fat for 54 days. So it is a life-sustaining fat, meaning that it has neurotransmitters, that it has enzymes, it has um, properties that basically provide enough moisture for the bird to sustain a 54-day um, dr drought, if you will. It, it um, also it, it explains how they have survived for millions of years because the fat deposit is kind of like a packed lunch with, with a drink in it, so to speak. So um, the difference between those two is that this is a, um, a complete food, if you will. It's a fad, it's an oil and a food, basically, and it's life-sustaining, whereas if you went out there in the desert with a bottle of krill oil, th that would take you only so far, and it would fall short in all the other categories that you need to basically to stay alive, basically. Mm -hmm. So it's, um, it's a whole life-sustaining food um, put into a capsule, and um, you know, we have it in two forms. We have it in a liquid form and we have it in a capsule form. And the longer we're in business, the more we're leaning into uh, going in the, uh, the liquid oil form just because it's, um, there is no doubt about what's in it when you do that. There's, you know, the capsule gets taken out of the equation, the, the, um, the, the um, gelatin capsule because it's made out of cowhide, you know, um, resin. So it, people are more and more people are just buying a four ounce bottle of oil, which is a little bit more economical and, and a little bit, um, maybe a little bit more difficult to use, but the, it uh, eliminates any of the gray area, I guess, because we, we didn't, um, these guys have been doing capsules for a very long time, but um, capsulation is getting more and more complicated. China has a tendency to own all the capsulation places. So we're, we're kind of migrating away so that we don't have to be dependent upon someone else for, for our product, basically. Mm. Oh, is it, is it, if I were to order the liquid, is it um, palatable? Is it, uh, you know, like I, my mother used to give me uh, fish oil and it was gross. She was supposed to give you liver oil, but anyway, uh, is it palatable? Yes, it is. Um, some people say nutty. Some say people say buttery. It does not have any, um, it's a very stable fat. It has a three to five year shelf life. There's only two things that denigrate it direct sunshine or exposure to oxygen. So if you had a four ounce bottle and sat it on the window in the sun and took the cap off, it would be getting exposed to oxygen and sunlight. That would be one way that it would possibly um, change and it actually gets stronger as it denigrates, as it, as it off gases the non-essentials, it actually concentrates a little bit. 
Um, and I know that's a little bit of a sidebar that I always think about because I, you know, I grew up on a farm where we used to do maple syrup and, you know, cook stuff. And um, uh, so it's actually cooking if you sit in the sun and in oxygen is getting in, getting to it, but very, very stable. Um, and it has, it, it has rancidity tests done in Australia before it's capsulated. The rancidity test comes when they ship it to us, it comes with us. We are now taking samples when it gets here of the capsules and having it checked for rancidity and neither the, well, it can't leave Australia if it's rancid and they can't um, encapsulate if it's rancid. They can't produce it and put it into a bottle, uh, put it into a, a liter, a five liter thing and send it to us if it's rancid. So, and then we're, we are now have a lab here right in the town that we live in, uh, Marshall Labs, a company out of Australia actually, that does the testing for the rancidity. So the, um, if it if it does get if it does age it gets a little stronger in taste but the in its um, fresh form let's say they're harvesting right now this is um, February so they're in their second month of processing the oil that oil will be to us probably in um, a month or two basically and we sell it within a quarter within three to four months we're selling our shipments out so the oil that you're um, buying is less than six months old and has a shelf life of three to five years so we're pretty confident that with all the testing that we're doing now that we're getting through all of the, I would call it the problem areas or people that have concerns for what they're putting into their bodies and they should have. So um, besides the obvious fact that you would recommend this oil, would you suggest a switch from krill oil to emu oil? I would. Um, and we have customers of ours that live over there where that stuff comes from. And they, and the government tests that every year, tests a lot of the, a lot of the fish oil, not necessarily the krill. I know that I'm going to give a, I'm going to get a, I'll give a little plug to stand and process. They have a krill oil that when people bring it to me um, and I muscle test them and, and I've never actually taken it to a lab and tested the krill oil, but it tests very well, meaning that it does not possibly have heavy metals or mercury or arsenic or any other contaminant in it basically. And a lot of the fish oil in my practice, I would say about 80% of the fish oil that people are taking does not test well from an energy standpoint. There's something in it. And the tests from out of Norway, where most of the fish oil comes from, would tell you that there is an unsafe level of um, mercury in it um, and, you know, acid rain and all that stuff that's getting in. It's really hard to get something out of the ocean that is not contaminated. And then if it is contaminated and you do something to get the contaminants out, you have probably... Um, taken the goodness out of the out of the, the oil itself basically mm -hmm. so um, I am not I have krill oil has been one of the few things that I in my practice that I people have and that I check them on once in a while and it tests good so mm -hmm. that's a that's a that's a thumbs up um, we have ALA and, and we have stuff that converts into DHA and, and um, EPA so um, I mean in our oil it, it, it is a you would be doing a little bit of a redundancy if you took krill oil in our product, basic, but there's not a problem with that because um, if it's compatible with consumption, I don't have a problem with um, people no, taking krill oil and our no, product at the same time. I was thinking about replacing krill oil with... Yes. Well, we, get, we are encouraging people to do that because people are having problems with some of the... Um, with a lot of the fish oils that are out there, people are having... Um, they're developing rashes when they take it and when they, and some of them I get them to stop taking and the rash goes away and they start taking it and the rash comes back. So we know that there's something in there and it doesn't matter what it is. Um, uh, we know, and then I muscle test my patients and, and try to give them a clear, a, a clear them for taking stuff like that. But um, we haven't had anybody 
have a bad reaction to our product. And these guys, like I said, have been in business for 36 years. I don't believe that they have sent us any stories about a non-compatible. This is as close to the bird as you can get. It's a food. It's not really a supplement, but um, it says food supplement on it. And that's something that the, um, um, the FDA is requiring us to, if we were to bring it in as a food, it would completely change its category, but it really is a food. It's a whole food supplement. Right. Um, and yes, you could easily um, forego the krill oil. Um, you know, people are taking cod liver oil and that, and that's a, again, um, should be a trace amount because it's, they're, they're doing it for a vitamin A and vitamin D, which are, um, not, this is something that used to be vitamin K2. The one thing that we're, I'm talking about currently used to be in all of our food because everything was grass fed and there wasn't any, it started in the fifties and sixties when grain started to come in this consumption in grass and hay fields went away and they became corn fields and soybean fields and, and, right. uh, and making up feed, um, from a chemistry standpoint for animals at the, at the feed mill, if you will. And they were no longer grazing and nothing was free range anymore. Everything was penned up and everything became industrialized. And when that started to happen, not only did cancer start to increase in numbers and severities and stuff like that, but um, our food, the, the, cal the caloric content of our food went up, but the nutritional value went down. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of what we're working on when, you know, I encounter people, I try to get them on, I really try to get them on a paleo or a ketogenic diet and I try to get them as far away from um, man-made carbohydrates as I possibly can. And uh, right. our product fits, our product fits right in with that strategy because, you know, when you try to make a list of good fats, it, it's not very long, you know, the, the, right. the list of it's, it's, you know, it's grass, you know, it's organic pork and it's organic grass fed beef and it's um, you know, mutton or sheep, you know, and that type of thing and chickens and geese and, it, actually, a lot of poultry and, and uh, things like that are coming back here in Wisconsin and Minnesota. There's mm -hmm. a big push to produce more of it, and it's because um, you're eating what they eat, and you know if they're free range and they're eating bugs and then what they're supposed to eat in seeds and 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 plant matter, um, it yeah. makes a much better chicken than it does in the factory where they're feeding them um, basically grain, corn, you know, yeah. and for yeah, lack yeah. of a better. Yes. So, um, yes, and I, I, did, I when people talk to me about krill oil and fish oil and other things. And I'm doing a podcast. I don't really want to, I'm not trying to put anybody down to elevate myself up. I'm trying to educate them and then let them know that a lot of times some of the stuff that they are taking, I went to a, I'll tell you a story. I went to a chiropractic college in Illinois. Um, I got up in front of a group of students and physicians and I took one of the, one of the students had a bottle of fish oil and I asked her, she would come up and chew two of the capsules in front of the front of the group. And she did. And she retched and mm. she threw up into a trash can. And I said to her, do you believe that that is fit for human consumption? And I'm doing this in front of a large group of people and they're kind of mortified. And I said to them, this does not test well. This doesn't come from a clean and pristine environment. I believe it is toxic to human consumption. And there's a thing called the retch test. When she put it in her mouth and started chewing it, she started to retch. That means that her body didn't want to ingest that. And yeah. they put those things, and those kids have all kinds of weird rashes and stuff going on. And I took a class full of kids, chiropractic. Um, they were mostly, well, some more naturopathic students. Some were, but I basically said to them, if you can't rub it on your body, put it in your mouth, chew it, and swallow it without throwing up, it's probably not something that you should take on a daily basis. Just because it's encapsulated, gets past the um, gets past the guards, if you will, which is your salivary glands in your mouth, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, you probably shouldn't be taking it. And they, 
they actually came and there was a trash can full of fish oil bottles when I left there basically. And I brought some of them back to my office and I used them to, to demonstrate to people and, and test, you know, and muscle test people and that type of thing. So um, ours is a broad spectrum. It's a whole food. It's a life sustaining fat. So it's completely in a different category. Um, it comes from, you know, pristine environment. Um, it's TGA certified, which is the highest standards, higher standards than probably the FDA in, in, in America. Um, and we're vetted twice. You know, we're vetted when it comes into the country. We're vetted in Australia when it leaves the country. Um, it's encapsulated, so there's not, a, there's not too much that people can do to it or whatever. And then we get um, large, like five-gallon containers, five-liter um, containers, and, and, and get, get it um, bottled at a place that is also inspected and, and, and has high quality and all that type of stuff. So um, I ate emu meat when I was in Australia visiting, and it, it is one of the most delicious, um, soft, best tasting proteins that I've ever um, come across. And um, I guess you would call it an organic emu is um, um, tenderloin basically type thing is what I had. And it was, it was fantastic. I know I'm off subject a little bit, but I tried to get my patients to not go to the grocery store. I tried to get them to go to local farms because we have local organic farms all around here. I tried them to get to go to the farmer's market and that's becoming bigger and bigger and bigger all the time. Um, and the organic section in the grocery store is actually starting to change and get and get bigger too because they realize that people are out in front of their store buying groceries rather than in their store buying groceries. They have farmers markets in front of the grocery stores on Saturday and Sunday, and I know that it's starting to have an impact. And I'm I hope and pray that that's where we are going with um, with our. I think we're going back. I think we're going back to how food was made 50, 100 years ago, basically. And yeah, I think well, things, <clears throat> things will change. <clears throat> People are getting more and more aware thanks to uh, programs like ours and, um, you know, general dissatisfaction from the public of the Western medicine and the, the Western type of food that, uh, you know, uh, I have seen a huge change when I came to this country as a chef 40 years ago. Uh, you could barely get uh, iceberg lettuce and, and tomatoes. You can bounce off the wall. Now you have this, all these wonderful farmers markets, uh, restaurants are starting to use uh, local suppliers, um, which is the only restaurants I go to, by the way. Uh, and then in my, when, before I retired, we used um, as many local suppliers as we could, uh, we could, according to the season, of course. So right. there's definitely, uh, we are doing an education job uh, in letting the public know that going back to the quote-unquote old ways is a better way to do it. I mean, you you grew up on a farm. I grew up a few years on a farm, and I didn't realize that time was lucky to be exposed to that. But, uh, you know, a few years later, when I got into nutrition, I realized that this, this, this is the way to go. This is yes. the only way. It should be the only way to go. Yep. So um, absolutely... Um, so I'm considering seriously switching from krill oil to uh, to your oil. Um, <laughs> We'd we'll, love to have you. We'll we'll take we'll take care of that, um, you know, by email. You mentioned earlier that uh, uh, using emu oil on your skin can be beneficial for uh, skin health. Uh, would that be helpful in <clears throat> psoriasis or any kind of uh, skin issues like this? Yeah, we, you know, eczema and psoriasis are two of the really big things that we see when we go to conferences and we encounter people. And um, 
we've got um, hundreds of testimonials and we've got um, some slides that we've made when I go to conferences and speak that I'm using uh, with people that with psoriasis and eczema and, and stuff like that. They, we've had people do just topical and get okay results, but most people, we encourage them to take it orally and topically, basically. Um, we just got a baby that was taking, um, this is a newborn now between birth and a year old. It's not walking or anything like that yet. We just got a testimonial and got um, pictures of a baby that had eczema and uh, it was taking, I think I'm going to, I'm going to try to get this right. I think it was taking less than a capsule a day basically, but um, it got better in a week or two. So we've got many, many, um, and we know that it's inflammation starts in the gut and that's why we want people to take it orally and stuff. But we also know that topically it works. And then when these, I talked to you about sports injuries and the sprained ankles, um, those kids are, even though I'm soaking their foot overnight in a bag of uh, emu oil, basically a Ziploc bag of emu oil, um, they are also taking it orally. So we try to get people to do it inside and out, but um, a lot of people are using it. It's transdermal. So it literally, I believe that um, topically that it may have different or even more effective effects than it does orally because it doesn't go through the digestive tract. It goes directly into, let's say, the arthritic joint. So I got into this business um, when I, I have a torn rotator and I was having issues sleeping from since I tore it, basically, that it would wake me up at night. I put emu oil on, um, let's say, at uh, 8 or 9 o'clock at night, and it was the first night I had slept all night in about nine months. And uh, I got up in the morning and said to my wife, I'm – I'm all in on whatever this emu oil has because there's nothing else that would do, you know, do that for me. So um, that's kind of how I got hooked on, on the emu oil because I really was a little bit of a skeptic, to be honest. And I'm a skeptic right. probably because I grew up on a dairy farm and I, yeah, yeah. I lived in Missouri, the show me state where I want, I want, I want proof. And the proof came to me in rubbing it on my body and getting complete relief from something that allowed me to sleep all night. So the transdermal power of it is very, very, um, very at this point underutilized because we don't push it a lot. Um, but it is, it is actually, I've got people that have had their stomachs, uh, gastric bypass and stuff, and we do topical on them and they are getting results with shoulders and, and, um, knees and ankles and, um, old surgeries basically on hips and stuff like that. So, uh, it works in it works both ways actually so it, it's and it is a, a carrier um you could put you could technically put medication with the oil and rub it on your body and it's going to carry that into your body um so right. it has a lot of different properties that are um slippery i guess you could say and people don't completely understand but mm -hmm. we're comfortable we're comfortable with um <clears throat> we're comfortable with topical and oral and but uh, uh, most people have such long standing problems that oral is probably the place to start Right. But um, as far as skin goes, it's as close to the human oils, the skin, the oil that your body produces, it's as close to that as in composition as it can get just about. Um, it, it doesn't have any um, reactionary um, things. Every once in a while, like I, Alan, I look at your face and there's brown spots or whatever. People will call us and say, I can't, this oil is doing something to my face. I'm getting red, you know, I'm getting red and irritated. They'll call you back a week later and say, where I had sun damage is where the redness was and it took the brown spots off my face. So it actually mm -hmm. can regenerate um, and repair old skin damage basically. And um, that happened by accident. We had two nutritionists up at a, um, a Weston A. Price um, um, chapter meeting basically up in the, the Minneapolis St. Paul area. And we, we, we were very early in the business at that time. And we realized if it's going to take brown spots off of, um, uh, these were women in their 30s or I guess our 30s and 40s basically we knew that uh, 
it had potential to do a lot of skin repair and that type of thing. And we believe the skin repair and the gut repair are kind of the same thing. You know, one's on the outside, one's on the inside, but it's all, all kind of the, all the same. We, we look at the human body as um, parts, but you know, the skin is the largest organ. And if you can put something on it that, uh, that repairs it and, and protects it, that, that's pretty big. That's pretty big stuff, basically. Right. To, to make sure we're clear, the topical oil is the same oil that you, um, you it is. Yeah, it is the exact same oil. We put it in a two-ounce bottle because um, you cannot carry a four-ounce bottle of liquid on an airplane. Yeah, and it was too prong. It was too prong at that time. We had um, we we were gonna we were gonna go what we called a cosmetic grade oil, and we were gonna go um, you know an ingestible oil. And we just decided to make them both the same oil, basically. And that's that's one thing that we felt strongly about because. You could literally take that bottle that says for um, topical use and put it in a teaspoon and, and, and consume it. We don't necessarily recommend that because that's why we have a four-ounce bottle. But um, a lot of people will get a two-ounce bottle and a four-ounce bottle, and they will um, transfer from their four-ounce bottle into their two-ounce bottle because you can carry it anywhere, basically. Right. You know, yeah, you can yeah. carry it on a plane. You can put it in your pocket. It's small, and it's not glass, um, that type of thing. And the glass bottle, we went with the glass bottle because of the, the color of it. It's an amber bottle that prevents... Yeah. Um, Reaction from, the from being in, yes from the sun yeah exactly yeah yeah uh, so. from your expert opinion um, what is eczema and psoriasis coming from I mean what, it seems to be a mystery to me uh, again well, I'm not a doctor so well I'm not I don't want to I'm I'm going to call myself a farm kid that became a chiropractor and keep it as simple as I can the research is indicating that as the as the fertility of the soil denigrates. The 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 um, the biological goodness or the activity of the food that grows on it is being decreased, right? The organic beet is the organic beet in year three from the same soil isn't the same, but I'm talking now commercial farms that are producing food. So as the soil, if you can you can actually measure the biome of the soil as that decreases, so does the nutritional value of the food that comes from it. So does the biome, the gut, your gut biome, you know, the bacteria, the number of bacteria, you can actually count them. They are decreasing. Right. And when you don't have that anymore, basically, that you eat, you know, I tell my patients, if you're going to the grocery store and buying groceries, you, you, you're likely to get cancer. And they think I'm crazy, but they're buying standard American food produced mm -hmm. in a standard American factory <clears throat> with, again, a lot of caloric content, very low nutritional value, and they can argue about the nutritional value, but it's pretty well known that organic food is twice, the, an organic egg is, egg is twice the nutritional, sometimes three times the nutritional value of a um, store-bought egg, you know, a factory-farmed egg, basically. So, right. um, but it, your, to answer your question, I believe it starts in the soil and it ends up in people's bodies that they don't have any good bacteria left. They don't have a biome, basically. They have leaky gut and they're eating food that is uh, not compatible with human consumption with pesticides and GMOs and yeah. um, atrazine and chlorine and, you know, fluoride, whatever it happens to be. It's, and it's come, it's, their liver is being overtaxed and your skin is an organ of elimination. It's starting to come out the skin. When people take our emu oil, um, we had nothing but spectacular and amazing results because it repairs and restores the villi, mm -hmm. fixes their gut basically. And we know that when it, when it does that, it starts to have an effect on the brain because the, the gut sends 10,000 signals or 40,000 signals to the brain. The brain sends about 10,000 signals back. Basically, we know that the gut runs the biome. We're only as good as our bacteria. And bacteria right. comes from really good bacteria-rich soil, basically. Mm. And yeah. um, so we try to flip those people. 
unfortunately, you can take our product and continue. I've got a, I've got a guy that I did a heart study on that it, re, that it took calcium out of his coronary arteries. He never changed his diet. So what I'm telling you is that this is so powerful that it is a little bit of a shortcut, but um, we've gotten people that have gotten results on their cholesterol and arthritis and never changed their diets. My goal is to change everybody's diet because um, I believe that's where the eczema and the psoriasis is coming from, but yep. they also have guts that don't function. And the only way to get their guts to function is increase the, um, increase the, the quality of the food that they are putting in it, basically. And that food can only be as good as the soil that it comes from. And, and everything that I've read and learned now is that um, this world is all of, about bacteria and all about the biome and the soil is where it starts. And that's why organic is starting to make an impact. And when that, in my office, I intend to, I, I am in partnership right now with an organic farmer. I own a 240 acre farm that has been certified organic. We are getting partnering together and our goal is to bring people into the office, sit them down and feed them some organic food and tell them not only verbally but put a slide up and show the difference between an organic egg and a store-bought egg and educate them that they are what they eat and they're eating whatever that animal ate basically yeah, we yeah. don't want that animal eating antibiotics and we don't want that animal eating steroids and we don't want that animal being sprayed we don't want that animal to be out in the uh, cornfields foraging while the plane is flying over top of it and spraying it we don't you know that we're getting away from that model because every time you do some of that harmful stuff it lowers the bacteria count of the soil it decreases the nutritional value of the food and it's starting to show up in people and it's been going on um, for, I would say, 50 to 60 to 70 years in, in the United States of America and we are getting um, horrific um, malnutritioned, obese yeah. people as a result of it, basically. Yes, yes. <clears throat> Maybe it's a good time to, remember, to remind people that we're not just, you know, they say you are what you eat, but also that you are what your food is eating. Correct. And the soil that it comes from, you bet. Yes. You bet. And, that when, and it's eating with, you know, they, um, they're really getting into measuring the, the bacteria count and the fertility of soil and the, the more organic and the, the more um, fertility that soil has. They know now that the, the plants that come out of it have more fertility and the more fertility that the, the person that consumes that, the more fertility that they have. And we have been working with young women that are not fertile with our EMUL and stuff. We just had a lady in her forties have twins. Mm. Um, and she, she came to us, she came to us. We met her at a Weston A. Price show and said, I want to try. It was kind of a, I would call it an antidotal, but it was actually a study that we have done with her where she consumed and her partner consumed EMUL and they, and they um, got pregnant and had twins basically. And she did extremely well. And we believe that by, repairing her gut and, and decreasing the inflammation with our product and helping her brain basically that we shortcutted her getting fertility because um, she was unable to absorb and, and assimilate some of the stuff that she was trying to do. Basically I muscle tested her and we went through a lot of her nutritional supplements and stuff, but we have kind of, um, we know that vitamin K2 MK4 is extremely important in fertility. It affects the testosterone and the sperm production. I'm looking at my notes now, basically, um, and deficiencies associated with longer uh, labor and higher uh, number of C-sections. Um, we know that vitamin K2 um, goes across the placental barrier and gets into the, uh, the newborn, and we know that the higher the uh, vitamin K2, MK4 um, in the newborn, the less likely they are to have autism, and we know that vitamin K2, MK4 is a highly um, 
Uh, it protects the glial cells in the brain. Basically, it inhibits inflammation in the brain. Um, it stops neuronal damage in the brain. Um, that's, some of the, um, that's some of the research that we just did, basically. That's why I'm looking at my notes. Um, it moderates the survival and function of the glia, the glia and the microglia in the brain. So, and, and that stuff all used to happen in our guts when we were eating fermented foods and we were eating stuff that came from the soil and wasn't grew in a hydroponic <laughs> environment, but it was growing on fertile, very fertile soil, organic fertile soil without any contaminants on it, basically. That all happened and that's kind of all gone away. And we ate a lot of organ meat. You know, talking to Nora and you know her work and stuff. Right, right. Um, we, we ate organ meat and we ate fat. And I got, I got to tell you, I just ran into a guy yesterday that is um, retired and in his 60s and he had some blood work and he had high cholesterol or something like that. And I'm talking like 10 points high. You know, they sent him home and told him not to eat any fat. And they just, they, they gave him dietary recommendations that would probably make you and I and everybody that's listening to this ill mm -hmm. because he had a little bit high. And he, he said, what do you think about high cholesterol? I said, well, as a chiropractor, the higher your cholesterol, the better I like you because it tells me that your body is producing something, trying to trying to get to homeostasis, basically, you know, trying to trying to balance itself or figure itself out. I said, but I said it is an energy molecule and it does only repair in the body. I said, so the higher it is, the better off you are. Your body, and I said, it has absolutely nothing to do with heart disease. They will argue that point with me, but. The, the 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 gig is up. It's been 20 years that they've been trying to lower people's cholesterol, and it's a horrific um, paradigm that they have created, basically. Yeah. But um, I said to that guy, and he said to me, well, what should I eat? And I gave him, basically, went ran down the list of what Nora and everybody else in the ketogenic, um, tripping over the truth, if you know that book, basically, that the ketogenic diet is, is, is the answer to um, not only reversing, but preventing and eliminating cancer in people. So... Um, taking a person off of all fat that, that, uh, that has high cholesterol is um, it's bad medicine. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and I, I hate to, I hate to be a chiropractor and say that, but it is really just some of the worst advice that they can get. And it, um, it's bad medicine, but it's good business. Yes. <laughs> but it's just so hard to sit there at coffee in front of a half a dozen people and, and, and go along with what their recommendations are. And I have oh, yeah. to say to them, that's some of the worst information you could, I said, that's so dated and it's so behind the times. And I said, and then he said to me, well, she was a, I don't know if she was a registered dietitian or if she was a, um, a vocational nurse. And I said to him, it doesn't matter who the person is. They're, they're so far behind in what's going on out in the real world, basically that I said, if you follow those recommendations, you will not get well, you will get worse. And, oh, yeah. and, and, I, and you know, and just getting people to eat organic is, is a struggle, basically. But um, getting him to eat fat, good fats, I thought was a you know fabulous idea. And I said to him, if you want your cholesterol to drop, start eating this, this, and this. And mm. he looked at me and says, they don't want me to eat that stuff. And I said, well, <laughs> well, guess what? Maybe there's a reason they don't want you to eat that stuff. I'm not sure what it is. I don't want to be that sinister. But like you said, it's business sometimes. Mm. Right, right. So going back, and this is going to be my last question. Uh, Going back to the brain, now we know that brain is about 70% fat, right? And so... 98% of the fat in the brain is vitamin K2, MK4. Okay, this is where I was going to, as how okay. does emu oil benefit the brain? Well, um, I'm going to look at my thing. It protects against free radical damage. Um, it's really good for insulin resistance. I'm giving a talk in uh, July, I think, at Terry Wall's seminar in um, Cedar Rapids, Iowa, 
And I'm going to talk a lot about um, blood sugar because I've, I've had a traumatic brain injury and I know that if I keep my blood sugar in the 70 to 80 range, I don't have any problems with my brain hardly at all. Once I get into the, into between 90 and 100, I start to have all kinds of things. And that really is just the driver of in, carbohydrates and, and high blood sugar are the driver of inflammation. Hmm. Our emu oil is a, um, it creates insulin uh, modulation and it helps with blood sugar basically. Um, it's necessary for the formation of sphingomyelin and, and uh, sphingomyelin is, helps with the cognitive processes, the cognitive processes in the brain. I started earlier talking to you about how it protects the glial cells and, and, and uh, it's highly anti-inflammatory and it stops neuronal damage and it modulates the, um, the survival and function of the microglia and the glia basically. Emu oil is neuroprotective and I believe it does it through the gut and I also believe it pulls calcium out of the brain in the microvessels and some of the vessels basically. Um, we know that it takes calcium out in any area that's been damaged, um, bruised, inflamed, um, traumatized basically. Um, and I had a I had a traumatic brain injury where I got knocked out, and I probably wouldn't be able to sit here and talk to you today if I hadn't had emu in my life. And coincidentally, my traumatic brain injury came one year after we started selling emu oil. So mm -hmm. I was fortunate to have this. Um, it has brought me around. I had a neurologist that I worked with exclusively, who was a an instructor at the at the medical school and at the chiropractic college, and he encouraged me to get seventy thousand dollars worth of testing on my brain. And I said, to, and you know what I said to him? I'm going to eat myself out of the, out of this problem. Basically, I'm going to eat my way out of this problem. And he thought I was nuts, but I've been doing emu oil and fats and the ketogenic diet, if you will, and um, I can't deviate from that. I can't. I cannot. I cannot have any. Um, let's just pick a thing. I can't have a rum and coke anymore. Basically, oh, which right. a lot of people and and that's. I, that's a blessing and, and a curse maybe, but my friends that are doing that, I know that they're creating glycation in their brain. They're doing some damage in their brain. Um, the brain is very resilient. The liver is very resilient, resilient, but it really comes down to blood sugar. And all of the people that I have in my office, I actually test their blood sugar. And I don't think this should surprise you, but anybody that has a, uh, a spinal problem or a headache problem or a uh, rash problem, they all have high blood sugar. So where is it coming from? It's coming from what they eat, and, and I'm trying to get them, steering them in a, I hope to steer them in a, a paleo direction, and then I'd hope to get them even once in a while to consider um, fasting and, and doing ketogenic type uh, diet, because I think it's extremely, extremely important. Mm -hmm. um, and then so, um, I have a follow-up question, and this might be controversial, but that's what we're all about here. Uh, would you say that emu oil could help Alzheimer and dementia? Yes, because both of those, um, this is, I wish you hadn't said that, but this is where we, this is where <laughs> well, we. I was going to ask where, anyways. <laughs> okay. Well, all, all disease starts with in, inflammation. And when inflammation gets chronic, the body starts to have a um, cascade effect in the brain and sometimes in the gut. And it's just like a, uh, it's like melting plastic, so to speak. You know, if you've ever been a kid and thrown plastic and you watch, that's kind of what's happening in the brain. We know now that through activating these vitamin K dependent proteins, that that can be arrested and that can be reversed and it can be stopped basically. And then we even know that we can remyelinate with vitamin K to MK4 because there are some studies. 
So I believe that Alzheimer's and dementia and things like that are occurring at, at a great rate because of people's blood sugar. And I, and I'm, I, I know that there's a bunch, I know that um, Perlmutter and a few other people would support my position or whatever, but it is very, very easily with my emu oil and a diet change to back people out of dementia and Alzheimer's. And I have done it. I can't tell you who I've done it in, but these people are distantly related to me through my wife. And they are 93 years old, and we have Liz and I have secretively experimented with them because we supply them with their emu oil, and right. it really comes down to blood sugar and inflammation and changing one's diet. But the emu oil, um, like I said, the guy that I did the heart uh, the heart study on, he reversed his heart disease, and he never changed a thing in his diet. And people attacked me from every time I tell them about the study, they attacked me, and I said to him, I wanted to see if he changed absolutely nothing and took my oil, that it would clear his coronary arteries. And it did clear two of his arteries completely and another artery. And he, he completely, well, he was supposed to have triple bypass surgery. And that was, um, I think that was eight or nine years ago that he, he went on emu oil. So um, right. when, you, when you talk about that, basically, the, um, the, the research that we have done in the last year and a half answers your question we're putting we we have um we have a bunch of it up on our website now we have um i think eight of the ten um they're called posters and they're called um, um handouts at, at when we go to conferences and stuff um we uh are hoping to you know i've, I've treated um i'll tell you a quick story i have a financial advisor that had um what would be definite defined in medicine as chronic traumatic encephalology he played uh, middle school football, high school football, college football. He was a middle linebacker. He, I gave him two bottles of email. He took six capsules a day. He came back into my office about five weeks later, six weeks later, and he walked up to my counter and he said to me, I don't know if you know this, but my mom committed suicide, and I think he said when she was 52. I said, I didn't know that. And he said, I have had headaches since I quit playing college football. I'm 42 years old. I'm married. I have two kids. Um, and he says, I've been contemplating suicide every day for the last two years. Mm. I've been taking your oil for six weeks. He said, and he goes, that has completely gone away. And he was crying. He says, I believe now this is a six, four, three, 300 pound guy. He said, I believe that you saved my life. Now oh. I have, I have done that with PTSD and I've done that with, um, people. I've helped some people with Parkinson's and some of those things are, are deep seated. And the longer they have it, the harder it is to fix them, obviously. And of course, and diet is placed into it or whatever. This gentleman did not change his diet though. He just did emu oils. He's just like the coronary artery um, guy. No diet change, took the emu oil, but he, um, he backed himself out of what he was in. And if anybody's contemplating suicide every day for two years and they take my product for six weeks, that was a long time. This happened a very long time ago, basically. Um, I'm going to say that happened seven years ago. And he has, he told me that I will not stop taking email because he has run out at times and noticed a difference in how his brain feels and how it works. So I know that it's going up in there and cleaning out those micro vessels. I know that it's pulling stuff. I know it's putting that fire out that everybody has in their brain. And that, that fire can be there from stress. That, that can be there from a lack of sleep. It can be there from um, prostation, which means, you know, mentally and physically exhausted. It can come from heat, um, being in a hot environment, basically. It can come from um, being too cold, and your body starts to um, produce a lot of neurotoxins and chemicals and stuff like that. But his was strictly from playing football. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I was wondering, 
I was yeah. wondering why uh, smoke was coming out of my ears. Now I know why. Because <laughs> your ass is on fire. Back to being serious. The reason I ask is because my mother has Alzheimer. At least they're not quite sure whether it's Alzheimer or dementia. And I have sent my sister and my brother articles uh, linking, putting the connection between sugar intake Correct. And, and asking them to change her diet. And they both uh, basically scoff at me and they say, well, it's just going to follow what the doctor says and that's it. Well, you wouldn't, you know, when, if I were to encounter your mother as a patient, I would, or, or actually, if you came to me and talked about your mother, I would say to you, it has a lot to do with complex carbohydrates. Right. It may have something, it may have something to do with gluten. It may have something to do with dairy, and it may have something, everything to do with sugar. But sugar is in everything, basically. It could yeah, even right. be food added. It could even be food additives and stuff, and food coloring. Right. But the long uh, story short is, if you measure her blood sugar, Elaine, if you measure his her blood sugar, that's where you start. If it's between 100, if it's if it's between 90 and 100, it's a problem. If it's over 100, it's a big problem. And getting it lower than that, she will probably think that you were trying to starve her to death if you if you don't. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Well, uh, she is a known sugar addict. Okay. She uh, well, she, she was uh, behaving like uh, drug addicts or alcohol addicts. She would hide cookies and candies uh, where my sister could not find them. Supposedly, of course, my sister knew that, so she would eventually find them. But. Uh, right. You know, nowadays you can order online. Now, she, uh, the rest of my family lives in France, so that's why it's okay. difficult for me to do anything. Cause Where they, do you live? They, I live in Where Austin, live? Texas. Oh, okay. Nice I place. I live in Austin, Texas, but the rest of my family is in France. Right. And they uh, they don't believe in all that nutrition, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so to, to clear. And... Um, so she was definitely a sugar addict. And when I suggested that they cut down on sugar and uh, try to feed her more fat, they just look at me like I was crazy. You know, first of all, how does it, uh, it make you feel? <laughs> well, uh, that's, that's know, what I do for a living. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. I've known that I'm, I'm crazy for a long time. They all think I'm crazy, but uh, yes. they, they, they don't understand this whole side of things that I'm doing, but that's besides the point. Um, what's frustrating is, uh, I went back last year to visit her and of course she could, I think she may have recognized me the first, the first meeting and for a brief time and then it went away. And when I saw that what they were feeding her. I was outraged. I mean, mm. cookies and candies and jello. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and in a, in a retirement home, which is supposed to be a medical retirement home. And right. I, that's when I tried to convince my brother and sister because they have the power to, you know, sort of a power of attorney to decide on uh, things like that. And uh, I just could not convince them. So, uh, if, if, even if that does that information doesn't help my mother, I want this to help other people that are listening. That mm, right. there are there are ways to help to control that, but it's going to be a fight. It's going to be yeah. a fight uh, for oh, yeah. th those of you that do believe in that against the rest of the family because it's not well, accepted in a medical establishment. It's not accepted. 
what I believe has, has, uh, has, has made some of the circles that I, that I used to live in smaller because I don't feel like I'm a preacher, but I do share um, information and advice with people. And a lot of people don't want to hear it. Yeah. And at some point they tell me, you're not welcome back if you're going to talk to us about food. <laughs> and I laugh, I laugh. And I, and my reply is to them, I probably won't be back. Right. And I don't care because the, you know, what we're trying to do is we're trying, the guys that started this company that Liz and I have partnered up with, the first thing he said to me, we are not interested in making a lot of money. We are interested in helping as many people as we possibly can. Hmm. If you have to give this to people, that because they can't afford it, we are interested in working with you. And I said to him, there was a month in, 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 uh, when I was practicing in Southern California where I gave away more services than I collected. And he said to me, you're my guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I said to him, well, okay, great. But um, I, didn't know, I didn't know. I had three questions for him. I said, it sounds too good to be true. Um, can you produce enough of it if I'm successful? And I think, and the third thing is, um, what did I say? Something about the Wizard of Oz or something like that. I, oh, I said, it sounds like snake oil. And he said to him, his eyes got really big. And he goes, snake oil is actually a little better than emu oil. He goes, but you just can't produce enough of it. That's exactly <laughs> what I said. And I thought he was. <laughs> and so they have had, they've, they've had to ramp up production and they are keeping up with us. We are their number one. Um, we are their um, main purveyor. They, they didn't want to be in the, the retail business of email. They didn't even want to be in the wholesale business of email. They wanted somebody to be their retailer. Basically. Um, I was fortunate enough to meet him in Chicago and sit down and spend three or four days with him. I read many, many studies about DNA and telomeres and repairing things and, and, uh, stuff that no one else has seen. Basically the studies that I've seen. And I, I was, like I said, it sounds too good to be true. And he said, well, you looked at the studies and I said, yes, I did. Now, I've now done some of my own studies here in, in the United States. Um, I've got data that, that confirms that it's actually reversing heart disease in people. Um, I've, got, I've got hundreds of um, holistic medicine people in the United States and all over the world that are using it in their practices. I know that it's bringing people failure to thrive in infants. It's brought infants that were about to die back to life. It's brought adults that were getting ready to die with Lyme disease. It's brought them back um, to life, basically. Um, we know I've got many, many um, lab data that shows that it's reversed osteoporosis. Um, I, I work with the athletes, and that's fun for me because I was a high school athlete and a college athlete, and I love love young people, and I love I love taking kids. I took a couple of kids and reversed them from being physical therapists to being chiropractors because I, I said that you're not going to do any nutrition if you're a physical therapist, you know. And they're like, really? And and I've got them, and I've turned them around to be interested in nutrition to the point where they're going to be. Um, doing similar stuff to what I'm doing. And my son is going down that path. Basically. Um, I, I think that, uh, food got us into this problem and food will get us out, but we can't keep, can't, can't keep eating the same food basically. No, no that's true. Mark. So your turn. yeah, no, quick one. Um, you've given us a lot of information so far. This has been one of the most interesting, uh, chats we've had in a long time. Thanks. Um, Let's give people the opportunity to find out where you are. Can you give us your website, please, Bob? Oh, www.walkabouthealthproducts.com. Okay, and, and all the information all, that you've been mentioning is yeah. all on there. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and we're, you know, we're trying to be careful what we put on our website, but we're trying to add everything that we take to conferences and put it on our website um, because 
conferences that if we do six to 12 of them a year, it gets to be a little bit, um, a little bit like being in the circus mm. and, and you, and you get home and you, and you empty your suitcase out and you do laundry and you, you know, you pack it back up and Liz and I are, um, we're, we're t- not tiring of that. We enjoy the heck out of it. It's just, it's extra work on top of work basically. Yeah. Um, and we're going to do, we're going to be doing, um, mommy con next. We're going to Terry walls, um, the, the Terry walls protocol in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. We've been to paleo FX in the past. We always go to Weston a price. We're going to try hopefully revive, um, uh, price potting or organization. We believe that their information and their data and their, their, some of the, I was there recently in out in San Diego and looked at some of the archives. There's stuff in the archives that people need to see and, and needs to get out there to the general public. Um, I believe, um, so our little location here in Marshfield is, um, it's, it's, it's a great little spot that we have created and we're, I'm really pushing to go in the food direction because it complements what I'm doing. Mm. Um, you can't interest a person in getting healthy if they aren't interested in changing what they eat. So why would I even, why would I, what, why would I even, and it's going to sound sinister. Why would I even try to tackle that monster? Because that monster, you know, when you talked about your mom and the carbo- the sugar, it's more addictive than heroin, than cocaine and heroin. The yeah. sugar is so it lights up her brain in the same area, sometimes greater uh, amount. And then um, trying to get somebody, if she's hiding it, she's just like a, a heroin addict, right? I mean, yeah. they're hiding it, and so that's a that's a tough one to climb. But if people come in and want to be healthy, um, I'm taking Nora's work, and I'm taking a couple of the ketogenic authors' work, and I'm just trying to I'm trying to I'm trying to make health for dummies, basically. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I'm trying to. Um, Liz and I, like some of the stuff I said today, I, I grabbed and paraphrased and um, I, sh- I took a, a great shortcut. A lot of our posters are bringing things down from lots of chemistry and science to it, it reduces inflammation in the brain. It, re- it, actually, it actually surrounds the cells with a fat layer that protects them from inflammation. If you were to get hit in the head, if you're taking emu and you get hit in the head, you may not have all the symptoms of a concussion because the more vitamin K to MK4 that is there, the more protection there is for your brain, basically. Mm-hmm. It's almost a helmet that's on the inside of the brain, basically. And I was saying stuff like this last night, and Liz is like, you got to write that down. you got to record that. And I said to her, well, I'll talk to these guys tomorrow, and some of it might come out, and some of it will not. <laughs> but, I, but I literally, when I took Emuel one time, when I had a severe headache, it was like somebody took a squeegee and started at the bridge of my nose, and went straight up to the top of my head and I got relief and I said to her, and it took less than a minute for that to happen when I took the email, I knew right then, and I have a disrupted brain, I disrupted my blood brain barrier when I had my accident, it was that severe. Um, I said to her, wow, I said, I got to tell this story. I mean, I, there's something going, that's never happened to me before in, in my life. Hmm. And uh, I've read a bunch of books about guys that had CTE, uh, Junior Seau, famous middle linebacker for San Diego Chargers. I read his book and what he went through and what they wrote in that book was very similar to what I went through when I had my traumatic brain injury. It's just that there isn't anything out there, in my opinion, that's going to do what a whole food is going to, this this particular whole food is going to do. Mm -hmm. Um, And Liz and I have purposely slow, slow grown this business so that they can um, keep up with us with production over in Australia we are, um, we have been ridiculed and, and approached and, and trying to, people have tried to dismantle our, our simple approach to um, slow growth and helping people and that type of thing. And, and the, they've tried to commercialize us and make us a big, 
industrial entity, and we aren't interested in that. We're helping individual people, one person at a time, primarily through healthcare practitioners so they can actually tell the story that I kind of told you guys today, basically. And mm. there's a lot of people out there doing it. There's more and more all the time. Um, and, and Liz and I are, um, with this mommy con thing going for mom and babies, I believe that uh, birth defects and infertility and, well, you know, that there's less people being created now than, than there ever has been in the history of the United States, less births and stuff like that. Well, it isn't, it isn't because people aren't having sex. It's because people are infertile. I'll be quite honest with you. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And it's, yeah. it's all coming. That story I told you about the, how much bacteria there are in the soil. It's, that's where it's all coming from. Um, to fix, we can't fix that problem today, but we can fix it over the next five years. Yeah. And it'll be a slow transition into um, bringing, letting animals run out on the soil, eat the grass and fertilize it, and then turn it into a crop field and then move them over onto another piece of ground. And, and, and taking, we throw so much, Liz and I are trying to compost and stuff. We throw so much good stuff away every day. I, we eat all organic, so why would we throw the byproduct away, the, yeah. the stems and the, and the eggshells? And, you know, and I've got a couple of trash cans in my backyard <laughs> that will prove to you that I'm doing that, basically. But if everybody did that, uh, the world would be a different place, but we've gotten into this. Um, we have, like I said, we've eat, eaten ourselves to sickness and we've got to eat ourselves to health basically. Yeah. And, and there's a lot of drivers. There's a lot of drivers. You know, the food industry is, is a big driver. The, the drug cartel, the, the drug oh. industry is a, is a big driver. Um, modern medicine, if, if that's what they choose to, if that's the word they choose to be associated with, isn't that modern anymore. And they are actually, they are actually, um, they are actually probably not doing as good a job as they feel as though they are basically. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I say that with great comfort because I, I, I have encountered patients for over 30 years that come to me and tell me their stories. And, um, I have a, I, I have a library of stories in my head from where, um, people were given bad information, followed bad advice, took bad yeah. drugs and, and ended up dead shortly thereafter. And if they had done nothing at all and let their body fix some of the stuff that they had going on, they probably would still be alive today. Yeah. And it's really hard to say, but um, it, it's an education process. It's not, uh, it's not a, it's, and I hate to say this, but you know, people think that email is a pill and you take it and everything's better. I, we, we don't want that. We want to, we want to change. We want to flip them. We don't want to just, we don't want to just amend their soil a little bit. We want to completely get them farming organic, if you will, you know, and that's what we're really trying to do. And um, the guys in Australia are, are proud of what we're doing and, and happy with our work and like what we're doing. So we're, we're, um, we're sure that we're going to continue to persist, I guess, is where, is where we're at. You mentioned earlier the muscle test. Yes. Some people may not um, particularly understand what that is and, and why you do it, for instance. Well... I, I'm going to give you the I'm going to give you the grade school um, version. Basically, everyone is electrical. Some people are more electrical than others, and it can, and there's actually ways to measure how electrical a person is. But when you put something in your mouth or something in your hand that is not fit for human consumption, it will make you less electrical. And if it's really harmful, it'll make you weak. If that makes any sense, even even synthetic. I have a cotton shirt on today, but even synthetic clothing. Yeah. Now I can testify to that because I can't abide the feel of nylon. No. And if, I, if, I'm, if I'm walking through a clothes shop, for instance, and I like the look of a shirt, I'll touch it. And if it's nylon, I'll do that because it just, I just can't, I can't stand okay. it on me. 
Well, yeah. and people, you can take a, that shirt that you talked about or that, that material, you can actually, I can actually go into a clothing store with you and take any muscle basically on your body, but usually, usually a shoulder muscle, you know, you test you with your arm. You can put that in your left hand and you can put your strong arm, let's say you're right-handed, your strong arm out, if you will, and I can muscle test you. And it'll make you as weak as a little girl, basically. And, <laughs> and it's because your body, you, if you ever put batteries in a flashlight, if you put them in the wrong way, the light doesn't go on. You put them no. in the right way. Now, I can also take a person and stand them behind you and make you more electrical. Because when oh. you start stacking batteries up, it, it actually makes, you know, more batteries you put in a flashlight, the brighter the bulb is, the more, the more electricity it generates, that type of thing. There mm. are people that aren't electrical that I have to have somebody stand behind them to make – it's. You ever have a dead battery and put cables from a good battery to a dead battery? It's basically that premise. But there's, I was at a seminar recently and a guy was talking and I said to him, he was talking about um, soy milk and all how good it was and stuff. And I said to him, do you, do you ever muscle test any of your patients for anything that you recommend that they take? And he said, oh, muscle, muscle testing is a, he's like, I'm not even going to talk to you. Now, this is in a room of a couple hundred people. And I, you know, my attitude was, is like, look, buddy, you're living in the dark ages because you're relying upon a lab to tell you if somebody is healthy or not. And I can tell you with my bare hands as a chiropractor if they are or not, by tenderness, by inflammation points, by the smell of their breath, by smelling their feet, by pushing on their abdomen, by pumping their liver with my hand, by feeling the hot spots on their body, you know, and really muscle testing really is just a, a it's an electrical event between two electrical things. If you put something that breaks up the electricity so that it doesn't make a circle anymore, it makes them weak. And I've done it with bodybuilders. So, and when they, I do, I stopped doing the paleo FX because um, I'm a small, small fit guy and I was dealing with great big fit guys and they didn't believe a lot of what I said, but when I proved it to them, some of them were infuriated, but really it's a learning process that, you are electrical, and there are things that are going to make you more electrical and things that are going to make you less electrical. The interesting thing about that encounter was is that I took a bottle of emu and put, them, put it in their hands, and I had them ingest it, and it made them stronger. Wow. And it's because it increases the VO2 max, and it increases, it, increases, um, it increases their oxygen, basically, in their body, basically. But it also has got so much energy in it. And um, I know that a lot of people think um, because it's esoteric and it's um, strange and all that stuff and foreign. Um, it's been going on. Muscle testing has been going on for over a hundred years. So yeah. it's not like it's, it's not like it's something new. It's just always been um, put down by anybody that has a, that believes in science. Here's a good story. Anybody that believes that science is stronger than nature, they don't believe in muscle testing because they're a scientist. But then there is this nature thing where people have lifted cars, okay? That's nature. They've gotten in a, gotten in a big, well, how does that happen? Oh. Well, that's the human body. That's, what, that's a natural occurrence of lighting everything up in your body and being more electrical at one moment, strong enough to lift a car. And it's, yeah. it's happened many, many times, some of it very well documented, basically. Well, that's nature. Now, I'm sure you could hook up like electrodes to a human being and shock them and get them to do the same thing. That would be science, basically. But it all does occur. But nature, I believe, is better than science. Yeah. And that's kind of my – so the muscle testing thing, um, applied kinesiologists, there's medical doctors all over the world that do applied kinesiology. We used to go – we still do go occasionally to the International Chiropractic um, Applied Kinesiologist Chiropractic uh, event in Chicago, and it's out in Virginia – um, there are hundreds of people that muscle test throughout the world. Basically, it's not like it's a it's not like it's a cult in the middle of Ohio or anything like that. It's um, 
it, it's for people that are getting away from conventional failing medicine and getting into holistic medicine. And that I feel very comfortable saying that because I believe that the answers are, are um, inside of us, not mm-hmm. outside waiting to jump in. And, and so our emu oil kind of fits into that paradigm because vitamin K2 used to be in all of our food. And now it's not in any of our food. And I believe that's why some of the things that are happening to the brain are happening because we have gotten away from good fats. And this is one of the most important, um, vitamin K2 is one of the most important things that you can get. And it only comes, it only, there are some synthetic attempts and stuff, but I've muscle tested all of it and I've got the research in front of me. Liz wanted me to talk about it today. Vitamin K2 MK4 is the only biologically active form that the body gets, that takes in and uses basically. The rest of them, are made from bacteria basically, and they are not biologically active. It's, it's for benefit to beneficial to the gut and the gut only. It doesn't travel. There is no MK7 in the brain. And I'm, I'm, I'm just scratching the surface of people's, I don't want to get, it's very controversial, but that's why we did the research that we did to prove that um, this is a fat that travels around and lives in and is stored in the human body. Yeah. And essential to life and the less of it we get the worse life goes basically and it's really important in all of the vitamin k dependent proteins which keep our brain alive and keep our brain from overheating and protect our brain when we get hit in the head and i believe that you know if i took a guy that had cte and reversed i believe that if i could give a football team a a season's dose of emuel and they played football that they would have less concussion disorders basically because we know they're going to get concussed it's just a matter of how protected their brain is. Like mm. I said, they're trying to protect the brain from the outside. This protects it from the inside out. Mm. And, uh, and, and, the science, and the science is actually very, very solid and very, very firm about how it does it now. And that's, that's, the, um, that's the piece of paper. And it is on it, that, the paper I'm talking about is on our website. I looked at it yesterday. Um, and it says vitamin K dependent proteins and sphingolipids, and it goes through that uh, over 98% of the um, vitamin K in the brain is vitamin MK4, MK4, and it's essential. And the lower it gets in the moms, the lower it is in the dads, um, boys have more autism than girls, and when they measure their vitamin K2, MK4, it's lower than girls. And they have less fat than girls. Yes. And that's why boys get, well, that's why I believe boys are more prevalent to autism because it affects the brain. And without it, the brain is susceptible to inflammation. They get in, they get a, they get a blow to the head or they get an immunization. It doesn't really make a difference. It's all inflammation. If they don't have a lot of vitamin K to MK4, it starts that melting. I said, picture a piece of plastic being thrown into, it starts to melt the plastic. Well, vitamin K to MK4 prevents that from happening. Basically it insulates it and it lowers the temperature and it's anti-inflammatory and it's got all this protective um, sauce that it creates in the brain to cool it, basically, and to uh, regulate it. And um, some of the stuff that's in, I could read this whole sheet, but it's, it's words that are hard to pronounce, and it's on our website now, and we hope that people get there and read it, because handing one at a conference, handing 100 of them out, and, and having a million people out there go to our website and read um, the effects of vitamin K-dependent um, proteins is what we're driving for, basically, um, and I, I didn't expect to talk about anything that we talked about today, but you guys you guys asked and I talked. So um, I, it was fun to do it, and I'm glad that we got you know, most of your questions asked. Um, There's a couple more. I mean, staying with the brain, you've already mentioned that um, emu oil is, is good with things like Alzheimer's and dementia. Mm-hmm. Um, what about strokes and the aftercare with strokes and that type of thing? It, it, you know, it naturally, vitamin K2, MK4, which is in our oil, um, 
people send us emails, emails every once in a while asking us how much. Um, there is no, there is no real hard data, but about four capsules a day is not going to thin the blood enough to cause any, any problems. But here's what, here's what I try to tell people that I've got people that are taking six and 12 capsules a day that have had strokes and stuff and haven't had any problems. It's also been around for 35 years that people have been consuming this and there haven't been any bleeding problems or whatever, but because it's a fat, and so a fat soluble vitamin, if you get too much of it, your body excretes it. So it's, it self regulates. Whereas if you take a blood thinner and put it into your body, that's there, it's locked in and it's going to do a hundred percent of what it's supposed to do. The body doesn't excrete blood thinner. It's a chemical reaction. It's messing with homeostasis and anatomy and physiology. This is a natural blood thinner, if you will. So um, we haven't had any problems, but if people are, have any concern, it says to take six capsules a day on the bottle. I tell them to take four if you really are concerned about. Yeah. But it, I actually have treated some people that have head strokes that were taking aspirin. I got them off of aspirin and I got them on emuel. And guess what? I know from all of the science that's out there about the aspirin, an aspirin a day or a baby aspirin a day is not, there's a lot of bad in that basically. And there's no bad in taking three emu capsules a day because yeah. it's food. But more, more from, not so much from the point of blood thinning, more from the point of um, help with recovery. It's just more of the side I was looking at. Oh, stroke, you mean recovering? Yes. Yeah. Um, well, understand that strokes, depending upon where they occur and what part of the brain and stuff, it all has to do with basically blood supply. Mm. And we know that when you increase VO2 max and when you start to pull calcium out of arteries, that I've had people at shows that have had strokes and I've had young people, I've had people, I've given them email at a show and they'll come back to me and say, my, my head feels different. And I said, well, you know, it's a fat soluble vitamin. It may have gotten into your head, you know, r r relatively quick, but I believe that um, having treated successfully people that have had a history of strokes that are not no longer. And I, I actually had to get them off of aspirin because I didn't want the, I didn't want the, I didn't want the double thinning property and there's also a lot of downsides to taking aspirin basically, yeah. especially on a, on a regular basis or whatever. But I believe that from the science that we, the research that we have now about the effects in the brain, basically, uh, I'm going to read you um, right here. Uh, it's neuroprotective in stroke, neonatal hypoxia, brain ischemia, spinal cord ischemia, um, amyotrophic lateral sclerosis like diseases. And that means that when, there's not a blood supply or there's not an oxygen supply, let's say in a newborn or in a stroke victim, it's, it's um, neuroprotective in stroke, EMUL is. And that's the, that's the protein C um, that is one of the vitamin C, um, vitamin K dependent proteins, basically. So there's the, if you just go to our website and look at some of this thing, it's, a, lot of it's really, a lot of it's really complex. Um, it, it explains some of that. And, and we're not... We're not we're not treating stroke. We're treating people that want a alternative that's going to help their brain basically. Should they have in you know, and it's really easier to with the arthritis and the cholesterol I talked about in Australia where they can legally say it, it's really a lot easier to prevent that stuff than it is to treat it. But I am currently treating it successfully, especially cholesterol, especially arthritis, um, and and heart disease is really just the same thing. It's inflammation. The body throws in some throws in some wherever the inflammation is. The body throws in. Um, damage and starts to build up plaque and starts to build up um, um, blockage, if you will, and this pulls that out. Um, and I and I I've got a cardiologist in the Phoenix area that is um, doing some. He's a holistic uh, cardiologist. He's doing medical doctor, basically doing fantastic things. Um, 
I need I need to talk to him and stuff like that about it. But uh, I know that it's working. I know how it works, um, and and it's a food, and and I feel very comfortable and safe that uh, there's no downside basically to taking it for a stroke or for uh, um, you know heart disease or bone yeah. density or whatever you're talking about basically. I mean, all so the same. What's that? So, so in essence, then, if you've had a stroke, um, yep. it would be a, the ideal thing to take because you know, when people have one stroke, they're quite likely to have you know, several afterwards. Yes, and so understand that it, it can remyelinate. Yeah, I, well, according to what it does, it is because the, some of the stuff that's happening to people in strokes and stuff like that is because they don't have vitamin K to MK4. Mm. And without that protection, things that would normally not affect them are affecting them because they don't have the neural protection. You know, this I talked about neuroprotective and stroke and hypoxia and ischemia. When they have those events, if they don't have enough vitamin K2, MK4 in their brain, basically to do the, um, the cooling, if you will, or the anti-inflammatory properties, stopping neuronal damage, if that doesn't occur, then bad things start to happen in the brain basically. Mm. And, uh, I, I haven't had, I've, I've treated as a chiropractor several ALS um, patients over my career and stuff, and I've gotten one of them to take emu oil. I've got a guy now with Parkinson's that claims that the chiropractic is better than the emu oil. But it, it's putting fertilizer on the ground doesn't immediately make the plant grow, basically. Yeah. And that's really how they have to, people have to look at taking emu oil. Um, it's missing in our diet. 90% of the people are deficient in vitamin K2, MK4. Um, that's pretty well documented. It's not in our food supply anymore. This is the highest naturally occurring source that we know of basically. Um, and it's been around for millions of years and it's, uh, it's, it's, you know what, it's so simple that I think people are pushed off by it to be quite honest. But the guys in Australia, the guys in Australia are not pushed off by it. They've been doing it for 30, 36 years and believe in it wholeheartedly. Basically. How's that good commercial for them? Mm. Mark, if you're finished with your question, uh, do you, just, do you have just got one, one more actually. I mean, okay. it, from an age perspective, um, does uh, vitamin 2 and K4 die off with age? Do you mean do we produce less? Yes, in essence, yeah. Um, I believe that we do, and that's probably a, a degradation or a decrease in the biome, basically, right, in, yeah, in, a, in people's guts. But the, I'm currently, the, the two people I mentioned earlier that are related to my wife, I'm currently working with them. And I believe that both of them are doing better um, now than they were five years ago. And they started taking, one of them has been taking EMUL for 10 years and one of them has been taking it for about five. I believe they are both doing better at 93 and 93 than they were at um, the 88 and 88, to be quite honest. Well, they, they, they both drive. They are on no medications. They both, um, they live in a two-story home. Their bedroom is upstairs. They, um, they, they can walk, they can get in and out of a car, they can get in and out of chairs, they take care of themselves, they read, they both read voraciously, they go to church every Sunday, they go grocery shopping every Tuesday, they, they're pretty remarkable people, and I believe that anybody from 88 to 93, if they were doing the same thing at 93 that they were doing at 88, hmm. there's got to be an answer to that, because most people deteriorate quite, and to be honest, I looked at them five or ten years ago and thinking they, they won't see 90, and they're doing the same at 93 as they were at 83 and maybe even 73, Excellent. but they have been take they have been taking emuel. So they're kind of, they're the elderly canaries in the cave, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. And, um, 
it's nice to see. It's fun to enjoy. Uh, I believe that it is giving them stuff that they can't, they couldn't get nutritionally anywhere else. Your body just becomes less efficient as it starts to break down in age, but they have maintained quite well for the last 10 years, basically. <clears throat> and, uh, I, I believe there's got to be something to that because their diet isn't as clean as mine. I know that for sure. But they have the attitude that they're 93 and they can eat whatever they want. And I'm okay with that. Um, I'm just not a big – I don't think sticky buns are good for anybody. And uh, cinnamon rolls, I guess you could call it sticky buns. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's a cinnamon roll smothered, smothered in white frosting is what a sticky bun is maybe. Yeah. Yes, you could be right there. Alan, back so to you. That, yes, you know, uh, <laughs> diet has a lot to do with diet has a lot to do with, but I believe that um, this is an anti-aging vitamin. If you look and read anywhere, it's it, so. Your my argument for what you or my answer to your question is this: this is known as one of the best anti-aging vitamins that there is, vitamin K two, MK four. So I'm actually seeing it in my day-to-day -day life with my in-laws. That okay. it, it they they seem to not be aging. Right. Okay. My question. Uh, yep. You know, I get the feeling we could go on and on for hours, but I'll try to make this one the last one. Um, uh, again, I'm not a doctor, and uh, so I don't pretend to know. Um, a friend of mine has arrhythmia, so uh, basically <clears throat> their heart uh, misfiring, right? Well, yes. It's Go an ahead. electric. It's an electric situation, right? Uh, it, it is. You could you could you could explain it much better than I do, but my question is, she's suffering from it, and her doctor is giving her some kind of medicine to help with that. Would emu oil help her in that case, or okay. improve her situation? I'm gonna go out on a limb just for you. I have I have dozens of people that. I have encountered at conferences that had arrhythmias. I have one of my best friends who lives in Phoenix, Arizona. I gave him emu oil and he called me about two weeks. I'm going to say two weeks after he started taking it and said, um, I no longer have an irregular heartbeat. And wow. I said, how do you know? He goes, I went to the doctor and it takes seven to 10 days for these proteins to be activated in the body by vitamin K2, MK4. Roughly about two weeks after he started taking it, he no longer has an arrhythmia, no longer has an irregular heartbeat. But I've had, I've, had a do, I've had a dozen people come and tell me that. And here's what I believe is happening. It's an energy, emu oil is, is not only an energy molecule, makes, but when it increases VO2 max and it pulls calcium out of the coronary arteries, those little things that create arrhythmia are connected, nerves are connected to the valves, basically. The valves open and close. When you start to cloud those or crowd those with calcium, Mm. or um, plaque, if you will, and you pull that plaque out of there, it is just like a carburetor that was dirty mm. that wasn't opening and closing like it should. When you clear the plaque off of the connections of the nerves to the valves and to the things that make the, make the heart beat at a regular rate, basically, the arrhythmias go away because the heart is now clean. It was having an irregular beat because the conduction of the signal from the brain to the heart was disrupted basically by junk collecting around the moving parts, if you will, the muscles. Yeah, no, that's so, a very, very um, good experience. dozens of testimonials um, uh, about uh, our emu oil changing people's um, irregular heartbeats and arrhythmias. And we've got documentation, actually, from people. Um, some of our practitioners have got documentation on themselves about irregular heartbeats and it going away when they started taking emu oil. 
Okay, okay. Uh, when I send you the follow-up email, um, if you have a link to that, I would be interested to uh, to show it to her because I, I don't like what uh, her doctor is doing to her. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm going to see if I can convince her to switch or at least not necessarily she, to stop the medication, but right. take some emo, emo oil and, um, and take yeah. Um, age depends upon that. Um, you know, a, a good indicator of um, plaque in your heart is your waistline and how much arthritis you have and how much dental disease you have. So all those things kind of are running on the same inflammatory path, basically. Um, mid-body, um, the proportion of the mid-body fat that people have is proportional to the amount of plaque that they have in their coronary arteries, right. oftentimes. Almost an indicator, basically. Um, and occasionally people are thin and have the same exact problems in their heart, but it's, it's not as common as people that have mid body fat. Uh, they're more likely to have cardiac events basically than people that are, that don't carry excess weight in the middle portion of their body around the waistline, I guess you would call it. No, she's, uh, she's thin and, um, she's, um, very active. So it's not that, that is well, not the that's great because she sounds like a candidate that would um, – I tell everybody your starting point is critical because the higher functioning you are, the, 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 the healthier you are, the fitter you are, the cleaner your diet is. It's easier to fix people that are that way than people that are 100 pounds, 150 pounds overweight and eating a um, standard American diet. Those people are hard to fix. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So um, it, it's kind of like um, she's she's got a much better starting point. It sounds like to me than a lot of people have. So that's a positive, basically. Yeah. Okay. Good. Oh. Good. Uh, yeah, what, before we, before we close, Will, um, is there anything that you really think that uh, people need to know that we haven't covered so far? You know, I I, I ended a talk with um, an interview through Weston A. Price. I've never listened to it, <clears throat> but she asked me a, a question at the very end. Um, similar to that, she said, what advice can you give people to be healthier? And I said, to eat less and to eat more fat. Mm. And, and, and when I said it, I wasn't thinking about that. She caught me off. <clears throat> and then I've had people tell me how clever that is. I said, well, we all probably, if we're overweight, we probably eat more than we should. And I, I, um, I lost 50 pounds um, 10 years ago when I became, when I read Nora's first book and I just went paleo and I ate as much as I could of the stuff that she said I could eat. I mean, I didn't weigh, weigh anything. I didn't measure anything, but I literally got away from dairy. I got away from grain and I got away from um, sugar almost completely. And the, and the weight fell off of me. And my wife tells me it's because I'm a guy and men lose weight easier. And I said to her, you know, God didn't discriminate and make women uh, different. They still have hearts and lungs and intestines and, you know, um, well, she goes, well, you we have different um, basic metabolic rate or whatever. I said, yeah, but if they, if they stick to the diet and, and skip dessert, which seems to be the weak point for a lot of people, basically, the same thing will happen to them. It might take longer, basically. I'm very active. I walk in the summertime. I walk uh, three to six to 10 miles a day. I'm a golfer. I, I also just enjoy walking. Um, I own a property that I can, that's, you know, fairly large and I can walk all day on it basically sometimes when we do um when I go out to the organic farm a lot of our day is spent walking and working and that type of thing but um I think eat less and eat more fat and and that flies in the face of modern medicine basically I subscribe to a 30 uh to 40 minute walk three or four times a week 
I, I'm really opposed to over-exercising. Um, I believe that uh, green. I believe that there are things that are medicinal, like green tea, that people could partake in. Instead, they take coffee and destroy their insides and, and, and drink and drink a dozen cups a day, and you know, pour their body full of caffeine and can't understand why you know things go haywire or whatever. Their blood pressure, you know, that type of thing. Um, I'm pretty simple. I eat eggs and bacon in the morning. I I don't probably eat until dinner time, and I have a protein at night and a couple of cruciferous vegetables. Um, I've really cleaned my life up, but I'm eating a lot less and spending a lot less on groceries and eating just good. St if I'm eating, it's really nutritious, good stuff. And I, I hang out with guys that eat Skittles and red licorice and drink beer and, and have a lot of fun and eat pizza. And, and, um, I, I know what they're doing to themselves now, now. Um, and I was doing it with them and I, I think I'm proof that you can reverse cause I went from 210 pounds to 160. Um, I really try to get people to, if they don't have an interest in, in getting well, then I, then it's hard to help them. And a lot of people don't have what it takes. And most people got to be at the bottom. Um, I oftentimes get guys with severe lower back pain. They get, they come in to crawl into my office and that's when I talk to them about getting adjusted on a regular basis because a rusty hinge does, shouldn't be oiled once a year. It should be oiled once a month, you know, and I talk to them real, get in their grill and talk to them like that. But um, I think that, um, or I try to support all organic food and organic farmers and that type of thing. And every people say it's too expensive. I, again, I tell them the story. The number one reason people go bankrupt is, um, is a cancer diagnosis um, that throws them into bankruptcy. And guess where cancer comes from? It comes from this not eating organic. Organic's just a, a layer of protection or uh, I believe it's the best thing you can do for your health is to know where your food's coming from. And like we said, know what your food is eating, basically, you know, what eat, they're, we're eating what they're eating, that type of thing. So um, there's no there's no real magic, but it comes down to discipline and desire. And um, you know, waiting for people to get so unhappy about where they're at is when I really try to corner them in my office and get them to change. And 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 that's really the key, I think. Um, we all have our weak moments and get into places with that we you know have to eat what's being served or whatever. But for the most part, I have celiac disease, so I and, and a brain injury. I'm I just read a bunch of information before I talked to you guys today that I. I should have never graduated high school based upon my celiac disease. I should have never graduated college. I should never graduated chiropractic college. I should have had ADD and I should be a low wage earner doing a menial job somewhere because of just simply because of celiac disease and what effect it has on the brain. And um, I believe that growing up on a farm and, and eating out of a garden and eating the, the they, there's a bunch of research now that males between nine and 12 and girls between eight and 11, what they eat, during those three years sets them up for their entire life basically. Mm -hmm. And I was eating very good at that time in my life. So, cause I was on a farm and we had pigs and we had chickens and we had um, ducks and we had geese and we raised our own turkeys and we had a big garden. So that's what I was doing between nine and 12. And I was fortunate that I was um, not going to the grocery store basically. And um, not going down to the corner to get my eggs. I went down to the corner farm and got people that raised eggs, you know, free range eggs and stuff. So, um, there's just, there's a lot of information out there, but, um, people don't have enough willpower to go all day and not eat. And that's, that's where the, that's where the rubber meets the road. If you don't have discipline and willpower, um, you can't wish yourself healthy. You have to eat yourself healthy. And that takes a lot of discipline. Right. Uh, keeping in mind that a lot of the foods, processed food they give us nowadays is highly addictive. Oh, yeah. They want you, they want you to eat more. 
oh, it's yeah. designed that way. Absolutely. They, yeah. they start to own sugar very early on, and then they start, you know, the, all the MSGs and all the artificial flavors and everything that makes an addict out of you. And oh, yeah. that's why people have a hard time getting off of it. Yep, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a, uh, well, and you know, educating people about that and, and having them read labels and how much sugar is in something and wh what kind of sugar it is. I just had my organic farmer do process some beef jerky and it had, I'm just going to estimate between 50 and 75 ingredients on the label of all the stuff that they did to that meat, basically. And I said to him, I can't sell this in my office. And he was, mm -hmm. he was not shocked. He was a little surprised. I said to him, you can sell it at the farmer's market all day long, probably, because people aren't going to read what's in it. But I said, Meat by itself and salt by itself are good things, but the 75 things that they've, that they've done to this meat, and it was like high fructose corn syrup and, and, and food coloring, and um, the label was just atrocious, and I just said to them, I can give it to people I don't like. I can even give it to my friends, but I can't sell it or I can't eat it, you know, because of the, what they have done to turn it into beef jerky, basically. Right. And you know that 100, 150 years ago, they, they preserved meat with salt and traveled across the country with it in a yep. wagon, you know. So mm -hmm. there, there are alternatives. It's just that we are not willing to go backwards to go forwards, basically. A lot of people want the, um, want the shelf life of forever and think it's going to be good for them to consume at some point, and it's not. Right. They think so, that preservatives in the food is going to preserve them. There you go. Yeah, that's their <laughs> joke. Yeah, you you got that right. Okay, um, I'm going to I'm going to a funeral on Friday. That that was that was his that was his mantra. Yeah, I'm preserved because all the stuff I eat has preservatives in it. Okay, okay, I didn't know it was a joke. I just came up with it. <laughs> no, oh no, it's a it's a standing joke for a lot of my friends. Okay, it sure is. Um. Well, we could go on and on. Maybe we'll ask you to come back. Yeah. Well, and when I get a little bit better, you go on our website and look at the new posters that we have up. Um, some of the information about the brain is, is very um, in-depth, but it's very, uh, you can take your phone and Google some of the stuff that's, that's said. I had to do it last night, actually, to get a, a further understanding of how, um, how protective the vitamin K2, MK4 is for the brain and how important it is. Um, and we're, we are not moving in the direction of fixing brains. We're moving in the direction of helping people. And I think my email said to you that we are really getting um, a lot of autoimmune people. And we yeah. know that that's gut and we know that it's affecting their brain. And we know um, that we can help both of those with our product. And uh, the next step is when you, when you fix a guy with heart disease, you'd like to get him to stop eating baked goods every day. And, and, yeah. and he can't. And so he, uh, he lives a dual life. He gets to eat baked goods and take emu oil, basically. And his wife likes to bake. And I'm not going to get between him and his wife. <laughs> no, no. That, so. that, that's trouble. Thank you again, Will, for being on the Local Paleo Show. And as we say in Texas, à votre santé, y'all. Okay. <laughs> that was the joke. <laughs> yes, I got it. Yep, so, thanks, Will. It's been really good. All right. Thanks, guys. Have a good day.